Alright. I don't know. Should I? I mean, this one's kind of heavy. This one's probably going to catch people off guard, too. So. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the 2 p.m. podcast. I am Verb. I'm very happy that you guys are here uh, to listen to my story as I share it. And pseudo real time. This happened to me, you know. This is uh, everything that's happened to me recently. I've shared with you guys my upbringing. Share with you guys, you know, my father passing. And most recently I shared my mother passing. So we got about six months to cover in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start off with some crazy shit because, like, I mean, I talked about, you know, my mom passing. Like, that's a sad topic. That's a triggering topic for me. Fucked my head up, you know, but her death, it didn't make me depressed. It, It really made me manic. It made me go hard. It made me, like, my anxiety go through the roof. And I was just, I was on one from January to July. Like, every, every move I made was, like, reckless. (laughs) Like, I, I was really going for everything in those six months. Um... I'm not even going to get into, like, the super big details, but I hit y'all with the the highlights. So, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, if you went to dates or, or, you know, omens or, like, symbolistic shit, here's one for you. This is a crazy one. So, my mother passed January 9th, 2020. So my my company, Verb Everywhere LLC, became an official company with the state of Ohio the day before, January 8th, 2020. You know, I know some people believe like, you know, you got to lose something to gain something. I hate to look at it that way, but that, I mean, that might be why I went so fucking hard with the business for real. Um... Yeah, so like, man, once my mom passed, I I became verb, you know, like my sister T. <laughs> she probably gonna hear this and she gonna be like, that's the nickname. I can't remember. Yeah, T gave me the nickname Freeway Verb because I'm in my own lane. I started doing shit and I would go really, really, really fast. Um, you know from organizing flights and setting up everything to getting people here for the funeral, arranging all that stuff. Then when all that death settled, you know, COVID hit. So life was weird and I needed something to do because this house was just 
killing me. It was, you know, it's hard enough living here now, even though I've made some pretty drastic changes around here, it's still hard. You know, you wake up and when I tell y'all, this house is like a shrine to my mama. Like it's parts of her everywhere that the only way I can get rid of them is if I was to tear down the house and start over. And that ain't happening. So she's here, she's in this motherfucker. But, you know, like I'm doing things like that. Um, I started writing my book. If you have not gotten a copy of This Is About You, a self-help, excuse me, a self-awareness workbook guided by Verb, hit my DM, hit my comments, whatever the case may be. I read all of those and um, we will send you the PayPal link, send you the cash app request, whatever the case may be so you can get your copy. Want to make sure that everybody's taken care of on that front. It's basically what I use to my little basic um, tools that I use to become more self-aware. Yeah, I wrote that during, you know, while my mom was going through what she was going through and when she passed and then I released it. And then, you know, I kind of really been chilling on that. But um, yeah, so I wrote a book, uh, started getting that entrepreneurial itch and felt like this was the time to do it. Uh, you know, with the climate changing to everybody being stuck in a house and um, my job was just full of shit. So I quit right before my son's third birthday. And um, right after that, I, uh, I signed a deal with Island DJs to be a wedding DJ. This is like before COVID. So, you know, I'm thinking like, yo, I bounced back really pretty quickly, you know? So I'm already making moves, you know, to be the DJ that I, a better DJ, get better gigs, do weddings, do stuff like that. Then COVID hit, so I quit my job. And then I start started uh, Make Big Brands, uh, joined in a partnership with the the um connection 22 um still had dj verb stuff was still doing um the clothing that i was doing at that time it was just the trust verb t-shirts and stuff started doing custom orders started really feeling it man started making some money um going hard like the people closest to me would tell you like the one thing about my business, you know how like in business they tell you, um, you can get, what is it, fast, quality, you know, you can get speed, quality, or uh, price. You can't, you can't get all three. I was one of the few places where you can get all three. You can get a quality t-shirt pretty fast, like, and you know, I, I wasn't really digging in nobody's pockets. I've learned from that mistake, but um, yeah, like I had taken on so many things and it was really just to keep me from losing it because, you know, I I lost my mom, (laughs) you know, and while all this is going on, real shit is happening. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many of my listeners 
are um, their own like entrepreneur. And this is not like a slight to anybody who may be like have their own business under somebody else's name. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like like network marketing type thing or, or, or an enterprise or some sort. Like you could be a business owner and own a Wendy's. You know, you could be an entrepreneur and you know what I'm saying? Like nothing's wrong with that. But what I'm saying is I built mine from the ground. So it was my name, you know, everything was me. Oh, the whole creation process. So expending that much time, money and energy and then COVID. So now I'm adjusting to everything that that, that brought along. And, you know, me and my stepdad still, you know, we bumping heads because he, you know, he got sick right before the funeral. He was in the hospitals, got high blood pressure. He's not taking care of himself. So now, you know, my mother's words echoing, you know, take care of Carl, take care of Carl. And the second part of that, if you remember, everything is not as the same. So I'm taking all these things into account and I'm trying to be everything for everybody. Um, you know, I got a lot of backlash when she passed. Um, a lot of people were in their feelings because they felt they were close to her and that they should have been notified. And unfortunately, I won't get to say this to everybody individually and to their face because I'm, I'm in a better headspace now to do it. Fuck y'all. Because when all that went down, I should have been the one because it was my loss. Like I tell every, you know, I tell everybody that was here with me going through it. Even my stepdad, with all due respect, sir, you lost your wife. That's hard. You never been married. That's, that's, that's a big loss for you. I lost my mom. You could go get remarried. I can't get another mom. <laughs> like, it's been me and her for 30 years. So this is the first time in 30 years where I can't call my dad and I can't call my mom. This is the first time in 30 years I can't get that paragraph on my birthday. That phone call. It's the first time. So like, for everybody that felt some type of way and wanted to aim those feelings towards me, you can eat a dick. And you better pray I don't see you. Because I'm in a much more confident space. Where I can explain to you that you ain't shit. And contrary to a lot of people, when my mom was going through what she was going through when she was able-bodied and, you know, people, her so-called support system, which, again, if y'all heard the last one, wasn't shit. <laughs> if y'all, <laughs> when she was tired of you motherfuckers, she called me. So I know way more about y'all than y'all may think. But anyway, going through all that shit, so I'm running my business, trying to at least, Dealing with, still dealing with the death of my mom. COVID happened. My stepdad is, you know, struggling, struggling mightily. Um, I'm still trying to be a dad in this whole process. I'm still trying to have a social life. I'm still trying to be happy. Then, um, then we had a fucking flood. And remember when I said I was living in the basement? Well, my shit was like underwater. So, weird. The house was cluttered, still cluttered if you ask me. 
So I'm in a process of throwing things away even to this day. And it's like, yo, the flood happens. All I got was, I hope y'all got insurance. Nobody showed up. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Nobody came to get dirty. Gideon's mom and my best friend Box, who you guys will meet later. He's part of the 2 p.m. team, so you guys will meet him on a later date. But it's like, dog, like, mind you, this is, we're talking March, April at this point. So imagine what y'all was going through. And I'm not trying to downplay nobody else's struggle for real. Like, we all were going through the pandemic. We all were going through that. <laughs> but did you see the chronology? The timeline. I couldn't say chron- chron- chronology. I think that's the word. But you see the timeline for me. It just, I would win, I would win, I would win, and I would lose. I would win, I would win, I would win, I would lose. And then, like, you know, just running a business is hard enough competition and just trying to explain to people just where you are with things and where you are with your process and shit like that and I I think I'm strong mentally I I know I'm mentally strong you know I've been told I'm courageous because a lot of people don't have the balls to do what I do a lot of people are too ashamed to stand in front of people and tell them essentially that, hey, I'm I'm crazy. Excuse me, chaotic, because we won't say crazy. Um, you know, like, I've gotten in front of people who I barely know and told them that my marriage wasn't working because I wasn't shit. <laughs> and that's how I would lead a conversation. <laughs> You know, and it takes a certain type of human being to to be okay with that. And I mean, shit, I'm still okay with that, y'all. I ain't shit. <laughs> I'm a fuck up continuously. Um, and I'm okay with that. So, you know, hopefully, and I, I encourage you all that if you, you know, you're troublesome or you, you know, you got some things that you need to work on, that hell, you get around people that are that are cool with that. You know, that that have a heart. Because you got to remember, perfection is a lie. You know, we chasing shit that don't exist. But anyway, all those things are happening. And I'm on paper winning. (laughs) I'm doing things that never have been done. I'm winning. And then I started not to win. Then I started having these thoughts. These these feelings of... It's hard to explain. Like, when you have a mental illness, everybody is different, you know? And um, for me, I think I just ran out of gas. I just... It became too much. Everything (laughs) became too much. And the crazy part was, like, when the whole time that the rise of my company happened, all the different things that I was able to achieve, 
and the level of greatness and all that good stuff was going on. I was sick. <laughs> Still, physically sick, like physically. Mentally too, but I didn't know to what extent at that point. So I'm going through this and every day I'm just having thoughts of I'm not good enough. Every day. I'm waking up like I got the shirt order to do. I hope they like it. I'm freaking out about the smallest things that customers would not even notice. And I can still point out to them. I'm freaking out because I'm not getting compliments. You know, I'm freaking out because people aren't buying my shirts. I'm freaking out because my so-called support system has done nothing to support me in a way that I should, that I, how should I put it? There was an assumption. There was a lot of assumptions being made by myself that I thought or I assumed. And that's not fair to anybody. So if you're listening right now, I want you to think about that. If you're in your feelings about support, we'll just stick with support right now. Stop assuming that people should know what to do. None of us can read minds. None of us assume that everybody needs a fucking FAQ. Everybody needs a tutorial on how to not just deal with you, talk to you, do do business with you, be in a relationship with you, whether romantic or platonic. Assume that every interaction is a brand new experience and they know nothing. Because when you start to think that somebody should know something and they don't, you get upset with them and they have no fucking idea. So I'm sitting here making shit in my head, like really just demolishing my self-worth. You know, making me feel like I'm not, I'm not good. Or I'm not respected or the things that I'm doing aren't grand enough. The things that that I'm doing aren't good enough to be featured or whatever the fuck. You know, I was making up some shit. And you know, it's a fine line between bulletin board material to get that competitive edge and just lying to yourself. But shit was going so fast for me. And I, you know, again, those closest to me, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have office hours. You could hit me up at 10.30 at night for an order that you needed done by the next day by 3p and I was doing it and I was doing it I was killing myself stressing out freaking the fuck out to the point that even my son started noticing it he's three he's smart as hell y'all but he started noticing it and it bothered me so I probably should have told y'all this in the beginning but this is a very graphic one When you sit, you have all these things going on. What do you do? How do you how do you get out? How do you get out of your own head? How do you stop the thoughts? How do you slow things down? I know now. Here we are in September. But we talking about July. I just turned 32. Just DJed. Dope event. Business partners had a nice party for me. It was real nice. You know, I enjoyed my evening. I was around people that loved me. 
Um, it was great. But I just didn't feel connected. I just didn't feel like I wanted to do this shit no more. Like, I just wanted to stop. And, well, I was sitting working on another order. My son was with me. And, um, yeah, I just started crying, man. I started to break. I just really felt like I wasn't good enough. I didn't want to be here. I didn't see a point. I I really, really felt like there was no point in me being here anymore. What what have I what did I have to do? You see, a lot of people run from the suicide talk. But I'm here to have it. Because maybe, just maybe, in me sharing this with somebody, that they can, I don't know, find a light, enter some cliche shit, you know, figure it out. Um, you know, whatever. But, um, so, it was a normal day for me. At that point, it was just normal. I had, um, you know, I was making shirts and just feeling, feeling it today. Just wasn't feeling. It. Everything was off. Making mistakes I don't make. Um, just feeling kind of sad. Didn't really have anything to cope with it. I can't smoke because of the whole lung issue. Not really a heavy drinker, so it was, it was kind of rough for me. But my son was just, you know, watching, watching YouTube and I just started crying. Just started crying, man. Started to release. And when I talk about suicide, I talk about it very rationally now and pretty rationally there, too, because, you know, everybody's favorite thing to say was, what about your son you gotta raise your kid and I'm gonna be real blunt the people that say that are usually single moms and I'm generalizing forgive me but a good portion of the people who have told me that are single mothers who have not the greatest relationship with their child's father or you know some something happened where you know they they weren't the most innocent in this scenario i always say it takes two to tango it's all you know it's never a one-sided deal triggers are are reactions something has to happen (laughs) somebody has to feel some type of way to respond the type of way that they do so for everybody that says well, you gotta raise your son go back to episode three four five I was raised by my mom essentially I did alright 
everybody shows love to the kid. Everybody makes sure my son's straight. So if you took me off the picture, do you think I care? Because what people fail to realize is that this is trauma. When you overlook the parents and show so much love to the kids, which don't get me wrong, kids are great, but this is a, a fault of a lot of grandparents. I understand, definitely spoil your grandkids, or whatever, show love, whatever, but at the same time, you kinda disrespecting the parents. You kinda making them feel like shit. But if you take the parents out of the situation, Who's gonna take care of that kid? You need to take care of the fucking parents. You need to care about the parents. It's a lot of different shit like that, man. So people tell me like, oh, well, you don't wanna be here. You know, that's selfish, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I hear you. I hear you that you say that's selfish and all this other shit. But they only say that, people only say that as a reaction to you saying that you don't wanna be here anymore. But why the fuck do I feel that way? Why do I not feel, if I felt valued, if I felt like I was important, then we wouldn't even be having these conversations. Then I wouldn't look so selfish. But that day, I wanted to kill myself. And I mean, people say that shit a lot. I've said it before. But this time was different. <laughs> I had a Smith & Wesson 9mm in a safe. But the safe was out because I just kept it higher because Gideon can't reach up. But um, Smith & Wesson 9mm. <clears throat> three clips. Two. Eight. Two magazines had eight, hell eight, one hell seven. And when the hell seven was empty, that was for like dry fire practice. But uh, yeah, the other two clips was loaded. So I called her Jenny. She could have, I knew what I wanted to do. And I'm dramatic, y'all. I look, y'all, I'm crazy. Like, I don't want to just kill myself when nobody's around. I, I'm the type to have a party and kill myself when everybody gets there. This particular time, I was going to have my son's mom come get my son. I was going to load up my gun. And... I wasn't sure when I was going to do it because I'm a DJ, so timing was everything. But essentially, I was going to sit on my couch and shoot myself in the head. And that was going to be it. Blood splatter everywhere. Right in front of the collage of my mom and her painting and my son's painting and his books and his toys and all that shit. Because I didn't want to do this anymore. 
I didn't want to be here anymore. And by the time this drops, I mean, it, it varies from day to day, y'all. And the thing that's super troubling for me is that people react, not respond. I got a lot of, you need to stop letting the devil use you. Oh great, that makes me feel great. So now not only do I already think I ain't shit, now I'm letting the devil use me. So now I really ain't shit. Now if I kill myself, I'm gonna go to hell too. But you know, they're just trying to help. They're just doing what what they see fit as support and that's okay. And that's where we have a fucking problem, people. Suicide is serious and it needs to be talked about in real terms. Do you understand that in a crisis situation, you're not going to remember some suicide hotline number. You barely going to remember anybody number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let's stop pushing that shit. Let's start having proactive conversations with our sad friends, with our down friends, with our friends that are carrying a heavy load that we might not even know because, you know, it's just, okay, hey, dog. Oh, he was so happy. What well, shit, did you ever dive in and try to actually have a real talk with this person? Did you make yourself vulnerable? Because sometimes, a lot of times, especially with me, I am a... I'm a self-isolator. So everybody that says like, you can call me and I'm always here with all due respect. One, you niggas don't even know where I live. Two, fuck y'all. <laughs> like you, I, if, if y'all don't have the decency to call me on a random ass Thursday, like what up nigga? If y'all don't even have the decency to support me, in my business, because that puts food on my, you know, plate and I'm able to handle shit that I'm able to handle. What makes you think I'm going to call you? I mean, let's let's break that shit down for real. Like, and people bring up, well, well, why do you look at it that way? Because that's my reality. Why would I, when feeling the lowest of lows, call somebody who don't give a fuck about what I'm doing in my life? I don't need you around me. Why would I call somebody who don't even have the decency to check up on me when it ain't my birthday or Father's Day when I'm contemplating and taking my life? Why the fuck would I ever reach out to somebody? That's why I stress be proactive. Check on your people. Anybody. And I'm not talking about if you think they got mental illness. Any fucking body. And sometimes you got to be the vulnerable one. You got to be like, look, man, I ain't feeling it. Can I talk to you? Because I'm going to be completely fucking honest. If I would have done that, if I would have taken my life, you niggas wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> it would be, it would be weak ass angel wings on a dope ass picture now look whenever I do fucking die don't put them weak ass angel wings on me my niggas 
don't do that. Don't, please. Put me in a crown or some shit. Like, don't, don't do no fucking anger ones. But you motherfuckers would respond to somebody else posting that I died rather than checking on my actual fucking family, my actual fucking friends to see if they okay. I don't... Don't fucking, don't, do not R.I.P. me, my nigga. Check on my people. And if you don't know who the fuck my people is, you wasn't close enough to give a fuck. So save that fake shit. And that's real. These are the conversations we need to fucking have. This is the shit that goes on in somebody's brain when they don't want to fucking be here no more. Because nothing you say makes sense to them. Because the proof is in the motherfucking pudding. My man Box, my best fucking friend, he say it all the time. He asked to be here. He didn't ask for this shit. But this is it. So this is how my man is dealing with it. You gonna help him? Or you gonna help kill him? It's only two ways you can go with that shit. So, getting back to my... Jenny. (laughs) I put out a pretty cryptic post on Facebook talking about my gun and needing a gun sitter. And people responded all up in my inbox. And again, I'm a self isolator. I'm not going to respond. That's not how depression works. It's not rocking back and forth. Sometimes people self isolate, they go away. And sometimes we don't have time to call somebody. We don't have time to think about it because it just takes a split second and you in that mood. You in that moment and you can't get out. But you motherfuckers believe anything that somebody posts or that you see on fucking TV and you run with it. But we're crazy. Again, we don't say crazy. We say chaotic. So I'm giving y'all the game. But anyway... I put up that that fucking Facebook post, cryptic as hell, texting people, just not feeling it. And then people showed up. Be that, be that person, y'all. Be the person that pulls up. If you really give a fuck, pull up. Because had Gideon's mom not showed up to get Gideon, my baby would have probably seen me kill myself. If my business partners hadn't shown up, probably would have killed myself. (laughs) If T wouldn't have showed up, you know, my girl C, if she wouldn't have showed up, probably would have killed myself. People fucking showed up. And for that moment, though it was reactive, For that fucking moment, I felt it. I felt like I meant something to people. And people say that shit all the time. Like, hey, you know, I love you and all that shit. But sometimes people need to see it a little bit more. See it. People need to feel it. And I felt it, man. And since I felt it, I decided that Maybe this whole life shit, maybe, maybe, maybe I should give it a shot. 
maybe maybe I I wasn't done maybe it was time for me to do something stand on my own two feet because for the first time in six months I faced some shit that I didn't think I could beat myself <laughs> So I made a phone call to set up a psychiatric evaluation. And that next day, my life was going to change. (laughs) Boy, was my life going to change. But here we are, still here. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening and allowing me to be vulnerable. Um, You could be doing anything in the world and you're sitting here listening to me cry. (laughs) Um, (sighs) Check on your people. Things are chaotic not crazy be kind to yourself and I'll catch y'all next time